1: On this episode, I chat with Leo Frinku, former world champion wrestler and personal trainer to champions like Ronda Rousey, Romulo Baral, and Michaela Myers. One of my goals with this podcast is to not only build awareness around topics like breathwork, Ayurveda, yoga, and nutrition, but also to help you channel your inner warrior and your fighting spirit. And what better way to do that than to chat with a former world wrestling champion who was an immigrant from Romania and he's got an amazing story of how he came to the U.S. with less than $100. He's a great person, a great father, coach and a leader in his community and I'm also going to be conducting a breathwork session at his retreat in Karlsbad in May of this year. We had a great time chatting and I intuitively sense that you, my friend, will love this session. Enjoy.
0: Your host, Aditya Jai Kumar.
1: What's up Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My7Chakras, My7Chakras.com, the show where we help you calm your mind, relax your nervous system and experience the bliss of being alive. Today's episode, we talk about some really amazing topics, including inner discipline, the importance of exercise, the importance of challenges and struggles and difficulties, and why you might be just one step away from changing your life, from transforming your life. So if you're excited about this episode and you'd like to support our efforts, then make sure you hit the subscribe button right now, because it does something to the algorithm that allows more people to get to know about our podcast. And that honestly is the single biggest thing that you can do for us today. So whether you're on your iPhone, hit subscribe. If you're on Spotify, hit follow. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. And before we actually begin, let's listen to our latest iTunes review by one of our listeners, Music God, who writes, So grateful I found you. He says, AJ, I can feel your beautiful soul by just listening to you. What a blessing for humanity you are. Thank you for all your content and your gifting to the world. Keep it up. People are listening. I am forever grateful to you, my friend. And my friend, I'm grateful to you for writing us this amazing review. So Action Tribe, if you'd like for me to read out your review as well, go to my7chakras.com forward slash review, my7chakras.com forward slash review, and write down what you think about our podcast. And with that being said, let's bring on our special guest for today, Leo Frinko. A former world champion wrestler, Leo Frinko has been training professionals and amateurs for over 15 years. For the past decade, he has owned Results Studio, a premier gym in Los Angeles, California. And he has had the privilege of training world champions Ronda Rousey, Romulo Baral, Michaela Myers, and Diana Prazak. Leo's coaching principles were taught to him by his coaches and his father. The principles took him to a world championship and beyond. And these are the same principles successful business leaders, writers, actors, singers, and dancers use. And they are the same principles people from all walks of life use to achieve a level of mastery that a well-lived life requires. So, welcome, Leo.
2: Well, Well said, AJ. Well said. Thank you so much for having me.
1: You're, you're very welcome. It's uh, great to have you on. Super excited to to begin our discussion. And like we always do, I'd like to begin from the start. Uh, where did you hey, grow up? Hey, qu- yep. hey, are
2: these glasses appropriate for your show? I know you're a very serious guy, very uh, passionate about your craft. I just don't want to be inappropriate by wearing those glasses. Are these Okay.
1: I mean, it's totally up to you. If you're comfortable with it, then let's wipe. Yeah, okay. I,
2: okay. I, have, I, have, I have a different pair. I know maybe that will go better with your. Okay. With, our theme, with our theme today. Yeah,
3: it's I fun. Think, I think
2: <laughs> uh, I think this will be more appropriate. You know, with uh, it's all about love, acceptance. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely.
1: And,
2: but, uh, here we go. <laughs> Thanks so, for having me, JJ.
1: You're very welcome. You're very welcome, and you know that's one of the other you know, benefits of someone who is watching our live stream compared to listening the, to the audio is that they get to see the guests and myself and, uh, you know, us having this discussion. So that's one added bonus. So people, if you're not on our YouTube channel, make sure that you come on YouTube and watch these sessions as they are streamed live. So Leo, my question is back to the very start. Where did you grow up as a kid? And what was life like back then?
2: Well, I grew up in uh, Romania. Back then, it was a communist Romania. And, you know, look, looking back, you know, um, you know, when I was in there, I was it was a very simple life. Mm. Um, we basically were happy with what we had. Uh, didn't know that we can have more. But looking back, I realized that we went, we grew up with so many, um, uh, I won't say deficiency, but... So much less than uh, kids nowadays uh, live and grow up with I mean uh, regardless um, uh, it was a beautiful childhood uh, it was a I felt free you know great great thing, great things
1: amazing yeah, sometimes, especially in these days, you tend to miss the simplicity of those days right when we did not have yeah, all no. these platforms and these notifications and this email which sort of keeps us in a state of stress sometimes
2: <laughs> oh yeah for sure you know we look back i mean i look back and uh i i live moments i i've really experienced life uh true uh, experiences and and create a lot of memories uh one time i i told my former stepson uh, and I said, Thomas, you're always on your devices. What kind of stories stories are you going to tell your kids? You know, I mean, mm. what you get you got to the level four and this game and and uh, what kind of story? You know what he said? Leo, I'll tell de- I, I'll tell them your stories because uh, there's a lot of stories that come from a childhood filled with activities and and living.
1: Mm. And so how big is greco wrestling greco-roman wrestling in romania
2: well it used to be a very very uh big sport in romania yeah. you know we produced a lot of olympic and world champions especially back in the day um uh sports in general especially wrestling back in the day you know was uh not necessarily just wrestling was uh, almost a gateway maybe uh a chance for us to visit, to get away from the country, to travel a little bit. Mm. So wrestling meant a lot for uh people and kids like me back then than it is right now. Right.
1: And for people who are listening to the show, cause some of the topics that we tend to talk a lot about are energy healing or maybe yoga and Ayurveda. And when somebody thinks about wrestling, what might come to their mind, albeit uh, incorrectly is WWE, but so yeah. how is Greco wrestling? How is it different from other types of wrestling or other practices that somebody might be more familiar with?
2: Well, yeah, I mean it's the WWE is scripted. I mean yeah. we know what are they, who's gonna win? Yeah, it's more of a show. you know use chairs, all kind of stunts. Yeah, uh, legales is a very challenging, you know, sport. Yeah. Uh, we can't call it a sport. I mean, I don't want to upset anybody, any any of the WW athletes. But uh, wrestling is completely different. It's it's the real deal. It's nobody knows who's gonna win. Yeah, uh, that's it's it's a different activity
3: mm-hmm.
2: altogether. Yeah.
1: And how did you, as a child, or may- maybe as a young adult, get introduced to wrestling? What was that story?
2: Well, you know. Uh, Growing up in Romania, you go, you grow up with a lot of, um, you don't grow up with a lot, mm. period. So there was a lot of from of me that needed to needed to be expressed, and and one of my neighbors saw me wrestling all other kids and being a little rowdy. So I said, oh, "Come on, I'll take you to the wrestling gym. You uh, know, I think you might like it." Mm. He, asked, he asked my parents if he can take me there one time. Mm-hmm. I was about six and a half years old. And uh, I remember that first day when I walk in that gym, you know, I'm with kids from the neighborhood, you know, I wasn't familiar with athleticism. We played soccer in the back, uh, back of our building on a sc- uh, street corner. We kind of, you know, very active but never organized stuff. You know, I was very young, six and a half. But I went, when I walk in that room full of people, full of wrestlers, I look at him and I say, "Wow, wow, I mean, I was fascinated by not by the by the strength that mm-hmm. these athletes had and um, and I look at him and I say, One day I would just want to be like them. I just want to mm-hmm. be strong like them, uh, because uh, I needed a lot of strength in whatever the family environment I grew up in uh, to Make it through the day, so to speak, mm-hmm. so seeing those people, seeing those athletes so strong, so powerful uh, so independent mm-hmm. i mean i I mostly fall in love with that feeling rather with the with the sport
1: itself interesting so you found you fell in love with the strength of the individuals yeah. as well as the independence. Talk to me more about the independence that you noticed in in this. Know, league of individuals that you had seen for the first time
2: yes yes i followed with the idea what i could become mm. you see what i'm saying i mean i and uh for me uh my mother wasn't the most loving parent in the world so uh, i always looked for that uh family environment i would always look for, i was craving a role model a mm-hmm. mentor and uh, I I was like a kid in a candy store. I felt I felt like I can follow any of those guys and they'll lead me in the right direction, do you see what I'm saying? And I remember another thing, that I remember um uh two of those wrestlers they were talking about this upcoming trip in um East Germany. Okay. Uh because I, back then you only can travel to come from communist to communist country. And they were talking about this travel and how they're gonna go there and gonna buy stuff that we didn't have and gonna bring it back. And I was looking at, I listened to their conversation, I was like, "What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean that you guys can travel?" I, I thought, "What? So you can get away? You can escape this uh, environment?" I was, you know, uh, we didn't have a lot, but uh, deep down in my heart. Uh, I knew that there's uh there 's a lot more out there mm-hmm. that 's waiting for me
1: mm. now in certain martial arts, especially maybe karate or taekwondo, you have belts right that signify yeah. a level of hierarchy. Do you have that in yeah. uh wrestling as well
2: no no we don 't have in wrestling uh medals winning ah. ma- winning winning matches uh, establish your your rank in the wrestling uh we don 't have that. Uh, it was, I uh, probably, that would be, it's, I can see how it's a bit motivating for yeah. someone, young athlete to kind of keep going to get the next belt. Uh, in our sport, uh, I think the only thing that motivates us is winning. Mm. Yeah. Winning or, I you know, it depends on how much fire you have, how much passion you
1: have. Interesting. And so when you got started, who was your mentor? Who was your trainer? Who was your role model? Maybe the first, or maybe the first few.
2: Yeah. Well, my coach, my first coach, was like the father, father figure for me. Okay. I I look up to him, and I still do. Uh, He made a tremendous impact in my life.
3: Mm. It
2: was such a. uh, Although these people, they were the athletes, they were so uh, strong, and you know, I would say rough, you know, in their games and their training. Mm I found. I look at this guy, my coach, and he was so nice and gentle. He said to me, why don't you sit down here and just look? Mm. Just watch. Just see what it, see, see if you like what you see. You don't have to do anything. Just stay there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was watching and it was like, like as, I look, I remember that day and I, you know, when you watch movies and you see those kids being mesmerized and you can see how they fall in love with something. I was that, right. I was that kid that I was. I I look at that and it's like it just captured me.
1: Mm. Uh, well. Yeah. Also, there's something to say about an individual who is physically strong, but at the same time demonstrates qualities of kindness and compassion. Right? Because we think about sometimes, usually at least maybe in Hollywood, that a person is strong, is ferocious, is you know ill-mannered. And rough and not good to people. But you over there saw somebody who was a leader, but at the same time was kind to you and was not forceful. And he said, you know what? Take your own time. Watch it. Yeah. Step by step.
2: It was amazing because you said something about strength. You know, some people, uh, if we really look at strength, I think compassion is is a form of strength. Right. You know, kindness is strength. Yeah. Uh, love Love is the ultimate strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, somebody look at it, somebody strong that just has muscles or cauliflower ears. Yeah. Uh, or even some, some scars, all of a sudden they think that, you know, these people are the strongest, the most compassionate, most empathetic and lovable people out there. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So, um, definitely do not let the appearances lead you in the wrong direction because, uh, Usually, you can like you know how they say, "Don't judge a book by discover.
1: Yeah, absolutely, very true. And so, you know, in your book, you also write that since kindergarten, since you were a kid, you had this dream about being free. And so, were you trying to escape something? I mean, what about life in Romania? Did you want to get away from? Was it the uh, communism? Was it something else? You know, Aj,
2: I grow up. Uh, believing that I want to escape communism, right? But I look back, that life, I, I was I had a happy childhood. I mean, I could have used a little more love for my mother. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, you know, I have friends, I play freely outside. Um, really, really fortunate to live that life. Yeah. So, so growing up, I thought that I want to escape Romania for some reason. Mm. Uh, first, I want to just be out of the house because mm. whatever the environment yeah uh but later, as I got older, I really truly realized what i was craving mm. you know uh i was craving i thought I was craving freedom from communism, but i was craving um, um i was craving love mm. you know i was craving i wanted to be myself i was i want ha- i want to have the opportunity to be who i am mm- mm-hmm. And um, and it's it, it took a long time, very long time, a very a lot of soul and emotional searching to finally get a glimpse of that guy.
1: Yeah, that's such a profound statement. I mean, I also can, you know, relate to instances in my own life where I wanted to, even though I loved my parents, I wanted to be away from them and maybe be in a new city. In a new country, experience some of that independence, have my own adventure, so to speak. And so on your journey at some point, you defected to the USA, right? How did that happen?
2: Yeah, it was a crazy story. All the team, the, we were pra- training for the 2000 Olympics Okay. Um, with the Olympic team. And um, we're supposed to come to the United States Colorado Springs Olympic Center to train with the Olymp- USA Olympic team. We all got the visa. Uh, uh, we had a date. Everything was scheduled. Uh, like, I would say like a week before our departure, the coach comes and said told us that the, the trip was canceled mm-hmm. because the sponsors were supposed to pay for our trip. Did not get the visa, so they say oh, we're not paying for it. They want to come and visit, uh, but since they couldn't get into the country, they withdraw their funds and say we're not going to pay for it. And I was like, "Are you kidding me? I waited for this moment all my life. I mean, mm-hmm. when I saw that visa, when I when I got the 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 news that we're going to train to United States to America, I thought yeah. that's it." I I had a chance to stay in Israel. I traveled all over the world in France, all over the Europe. But nothing was nothing happened until I got that visa, United States visa. When I said to myself, "Oh my god, I got to go there." I didn't know why. I did not know why.
3: Mm.
2: I didn't understand. Yeah. It was just it was just this pull right here. Mm. And uh, and then it so happened to know one guy that um Lived in uh, Los Angeles,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I and I called Listen, I'm coming to America. Um, I'm I'm staying. I'm not coming back. But the guys, are you sure? Because you know that was kind of I was a big deal athlete in mean, I was one of the mm-hmm. Olympic hopefuls. I was a former world champion. I was very up and coming uh, wrestler, and he was surprised to hear that. But mm-hmm. I said no. I'm, I'm coming. So right. then, I then I get the news that we're not traveling anymore. So somehow, grab my passport, and I bought about three hundred dollars for the plane ticket, and I left. Mm-hmm. And I left. When I left, AJ it was one of these things that I said, "This is it." Mm-hmm. I was feeling. I feel like I was going to war or something. Not necessarily war. But I, I didn't know. I know that I'm leaving. I didn't know if, when or if I'm coming back, ever. Because mm-hmm. I knew one person. Uh, I, I'm going to a country that I've never been before, I, uh, to a culture, to a language that I never spoke before. So, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting.
1: So you came About, to Los Angeles?
2: So my first, uh, yeah, I just arrived. I arrived to LAX. Okay, and uh, I had ten dollars in my pocket. That's it. So the guy that I'm is supposed to, i supposed to stay at. Yeah, he was playing. He's playing hide and seek with me. So he didn't really show up for a while. Imagine coming to a country that you know one person only, yeah, and he's not showing up to the airport to pick okay. you up. Yeah, and forget that. Imagine going to a country and breaking all the bridges going back. So there's no way coming going back for me because be, right. before I left, I break. Um, all my bridges, because I didn't want to give myself an opportunity to come back. Mm-hmm. So I said I will make make my um, make it impossible for me to go back. So I did make it impossible. So I really cut everything because I didn't want. And I thought, what if when I if I'm when I'm gonna be today the, in the United States? What if I have a moment of weakness? Yeah. And then I come back. So I say, I did not give me that chance. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Is that a mindset that you bring to everything that you do, burning the bridges, if you want to embark on a new project so that you don't have that sense of weakness that would make you want to go back to how things were before?
2: Only if I think that... um, if I think that activity or whatever that I was connected with, and I want to leave behind, what I, only if I thought that is something that is not helpful, yeah, or is that is that is something that is holding me back, uh, then I have to break all the break all the ties with it. And somehow I wanted to didn't I make it so hard for me to go back to that whatever I'm trying to leave behind, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Okay so you come to America the person who said he would meet you he would help you does not sort of he show did. up
2: but he did show up he did okay. show up pick me up uh, We drove to the um we drove to to his place and he says to me by the way in the meantime I saw haircut 10 dollars yeah. and i only had 10, i only had 10 dollars in my pocket and i it was so expensive for me and i said oh my god i will probably never get a haircut in this country yeah coming to a country that you know Haircut for me $10 was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. That stuck with me. Anyway, so in a way there, the guy's telling me, you know, um, uh, Leo, you're going to see things that they're not really kind of legal here. So you're going to come into a world that um, whatever you see or whatever you're going to do, I don't want to talk to anybody about it. Mm. So this is the advice I get in a way to wherever I'm going. To Mm. the only person that i give i put my life in his hands Mm -hmm. he's telling me that listen leo i'm uh, involved in some illegal activities but you know
1: just just keep your mouth shut Mm -hmm. yeah
2: so it was a journey let me tell you
1: so as a newcomer to the usa you don't know a lot of people over here what was your process like to in a way establish yourself and at least be able to afford a haircut or something more than that? What was your game plan, so to speak? How did you come about, come about that? How did you figure it out?
2: First thing I said, one step at a time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You see what I'm saying? I'm like, what is the next one that I, um, that I need? In two, I didn't look like 20 years from there. I didn't know, I said, what can I, what do I need now? First thing that I need, mm-hmm. uh, I need an income or uh, I need to make some money somehow. And boom, I make some money then. So everything that I do is I do, I set a goal that sometimes I don't even know what that goal is. Um, I know that eventually I'll discover mm-hmm. uh, or it will unfold, but I set a goal and then I'm starting with next step that I need to take in order to move forward towards that
3: goal.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I I figured like let me get a job. I got a job. I make I made four dollars an hour
3: mm-hmm.
2: as a dishwasher. That was a trip because I come from a world champion wrestler, mm-hmm. training for the uh, for training for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Never had a job in my life. Always, I wasn't the nicest person either. I was treating people like shit because I thought I'm better than them. You know, whether the waiters, if this and that, uh, and I'm coming from that status and that ego uh Within two months, I was in a in a kitchen in Hollywood washing dishes with a big yeah. rubber grove. That was a trip let me tell you I was, uh, That was I was not easy for me to to suck it up and stay there and wash those dishes and they would keep coming tell me tell me they were not, they were not there were a lot of dishes
1: so as you look back, what did that job or that experience do for your character?
2: You know we all <sighs> I, he made me who I am i mean i anything that I went through, whether it was um you know whether it was is a divorce or whether it is um an accident or uh things that happened that uh, I didn't rather want to happen i i I look back and i i'm I'm thankful that everything happened the way it did mm-hmm. uh from growing up with uh, an emotional unavailable mother. To communist country that was forbidden you to talk about freedom, express yourself, and be yourself. I mean, everything together make us who we are. The problem, what I realized with all these, with most, because I kind of work in a a self improvement slash fitness industry. You know, people they try to disassociate themselves to the past in terms Mm -hmm. like things that they didn't think that they supposed to happen or whether it's like, I mean, God forbid nobody wants to have been abused or, or. but sometimes all this tragedy and uh, I would say negative things that happen to us are the ones that makes us stronger and winners and who we are. So uh, I look back and I look at all that, the, everything that I went through Mm-hmm. i never look i never look at myself like poor me what am i going through uh i'm like okay i am where i am now i need what i need to do to get next next step higher and the next step and the next step um yeah so it was 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 an amazing journey i gotta tell i will not change mm-hmm. anything
1: yeah, I think it's a good moment for all of our listeners to take a moment or take a pause and look back at their own life and notice all the experiences that they had to go th- through in order to come to where they are right now, which is listening to this podcast episode, whether it was a high in your life, you got a new job, you know, got married, had children, or maybe it was a low, you know, you, you got divorced, maybe, or maybe you lost a job or your business went bankrupt, whatever it is, like you're pointing out to every experience plays a role that helps you build your character, build your life. And if you look back, don't disown certain aspects of your life. Because everything forms the whole, and you can rewrite your story. You can look at those same incidences, those experiences, and tell a different story that empowers you. I think that's that's very powerful. So thanks a lot for sharing that. And absolutely, uh, Leo. What role does martial arts, any type of martial arts, maybe wrestling or some other type of martial arts, what role does it play in a person's development? How does it How does it help?
2: Uh, I mean. I think um, any sport, uh, especially, but it, more like in the, in the it's in, first of all, it's an individual sport. So you are there on a mat yeah. on your own versus the other guy, and you don't have anything but your bare hands. Okay, and it's some it's some something primitive about this. I mean, it's like right. uh, it's it can't get more raw than that. So uh, that just I was scared. I was yeah. so scared. I was. I wrestle out of fear, hmm. uh, uh, my whole life, and I realized that I was scared most of my life. Scared of my mother coming home, uh, then I was scared of uh, uh, getting uh, pain or scared of my opponents in wrestling. So I now have you know thousands and thousands of hours on the mat. I was scared of that, so I realized that you know uh, fear. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and, and it's it's something about fear that uh, the more you put yourself and look fear in the eye, I think the less effect fear will have on you. You will keep exp- – fear is, never goes away. Everybody experiences the same feeling, same fear. They're just not – they're not as affected as equally like as anybody, like uh, as everybody else. So uh, mm-hmm. I think martial arts – uh, and any sport, because it's the, but the, the wrestling itself is just such a pure and, and I will not say barbaric, but, but like a, a primal sport. Yeah. That it, it just you have to grow up. You have to own mm-hmm. it and you have to react. You have to perform. Although the fear never goes away, yeah. uh, unless, uh, up until the moment you step on a mat and everything else, you realize that it's gone
1: and it's time for you to throw mm-hmm. down. This episode is brought to you by me, AJ, because I'm offering you a free Breathwork Foundations course. If you've been interested in exploring Breathwork and learning about the why behind Breathwork, including the science and evidence that makes this ancient practice so amazing, then you got to check out this course. You will discover how to correct your breathing, how to boost your immunity and protect yourself from pathogens and bacteria, what the ancients told us about breath, how to lose weight using breathwork, how to improve sleep, digestion and mental clarity using a simple breathing technique. So come enroll in this free course and learn the basics of breathwork by going to my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course. That's my seven is a word my 7 forward slash free breathwork course once again that's my7chakras.com forward slash free breathwork course yeah i like that you say the fear never goes away you're still afraid but then you go beyond that fear every time you step on the mat and you know i don't i don't do any martial art although i've been thinking a lot about it maybe some wrestling maybe some jujitsu. Because, you know, like you've mentioned, it doesn't get closer than that, right? Especially if yeah, it's another it's, man breathing down your throat or holding yeah. onto your jacket and pushing you down. Right? It can feel intimidating. It can feel like uh, literally, it, yeah, it, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, it's not, I mean, I would say it's not for everybody because there's a lot of people do it. But uh, that's every time you gotta overcome some sort of obstacle. Right. you know what I'm saying AJ I mean every time you go on a mat there's a new guy you, you look at his arms you, I mean every time there's something else that you're like oh my god this guy's gonna beat the crap out of me yeah. but you have to you know, you tell yourself this is the voices <laughs> that we have in our head they fucking tell us all the time you're gonna get uh, but then you, you just have to get over that you just say over and over again get over those fears get over those voices yeah. and step into that unknown right um, and yeah that's that's what the i think that's what it's not as i i well, obviously the idea of getting hurt yeah there's also a voice in your head that's telling you that
3: <laughs> that's really right.
2: happens yeah. so it's like <laughs> ultimately it's uh it's we tell ourselves a story but if you get over that story that you tell yourself right because you tell yourself a story about everything but yeah. if you think about it, everything is just a story if you get over that story I mean, there's a whole lot of world, uh, life beyond that story. That, uh, but be, be, behind your script, it's a whole life that's waiting to be discovered.
1: I love that line. Love that line. Beyond, can you say that again?
2: Beyond your script, beyond your you writer's script, it's a whole life that's waiting to be discovered.
1: Yeah, that's way true. And I can imagine, like, if you have a practice of uh, engaging in a martial art and you do it from time to time and you develop this brotherhood or this sisterhood or this group that people, that you meet from time to time. Other challenges, other obstacles in your life will be different, right? Because you're like, at the end of the day, what's the worst that could happen?
2: Yeah. Listen, uh, I mean, we got... all of us, we traveled together. We lived together in a hotel, mm. and we—I mean—it was a family. It was a bond. It, there's there were bonds were created that are, it still exist, like a brotherhood. We all spread all over the world, yeah. But we always we have that connection. Um, mm. We not necessarily that we went through like parties, and we do a lot of parties and and fun times. But we also went through some dark times together. Right whether with somebody loses, you lose you lose a match you i mean we all lose a match yeah uh, we I lost a lot of matches, and at some point one of us will lose a match and then we are we got each other's back, we motivated we supported each other, and in that moment of low yeah that connect us connected us a lot more than the happy times and the partying and the drinking and all that.
1: The lows connected you more than the highs. That is an interesting thing to do because I could see also in a family or maybe in a community, when somebody, especially if the people are close together, if somebody is experiencing a challenge, a difficulty, a turmoil that's actually a bonding moment where people have an opportunity, especially if the relationship was sour before, or maybe they didn't take efforts to really connect. Now that the person is going through that challenge, it's something about the human condition that makes you feel empathy, that makes you connect with the other person. And if you go through it, if you overcome it, your relationship is taken to the whole different level, right?
2: 100%, AJ, you nailed it. I mean, think about it. When you're low, that's when you need someone yeah. the most yeah so when you're low and somebody's there for you that that's where the bond gets created that's right there
3: mm-hmm.
2: not when you not when you need a beer and somebody <laughs> yeah. hand it to you you don't even look it just you so you see the beer and you don't even care who give it to you as long as right. the beer is there you see right.
1: what I'm saying so yeah the lowest yeah and so also as a wrestler in the early days you're right that you never had a good relationship uh, with food and you were from time to time critical about your body, right? So talk to me about uh, you know that phase in it's, your life. It's very interesting
2: you said. I know, I lost, and um, I'm going to say it twice. I lost over a thousand po- pounds in my wrestling career. Mm. So a thousand pounds. So uh, I, somebody t- tells me, what do you? How do you know uh, what it is to uh, have weight problems? You look at you the way you look good. They don't realize. That I was a living yo-yo, yeah. a walking yo-yo. And I, and I have a very poor relation with food. I was, very, I was called a fatty. I was the fattiest of the team because I had the most weight, amount of weight to lose and cut for the competitions. Uh, for, those guys, for those who don't know, wrestling are structured in weight classes. Right. So you are, as me, I usually drop some weight to go to a lower weight class because if I wrestle the way I walk, um uh, my normal weight, some guy from up there will cut twenty pounds and bigger frame, and it will be bigger guy, bigger size. So it's always a right. thing that you have to cut to the lower class so you can match, uh, get matched with the guy your side. So I was very, very critical. I was very, I was name called. I was uh, having my special table where it was called a fat table where you only get a glass of. I mean, I was, I was, yeah, traumatizing for most. Yeah, yeah. So no, yeah. So that uh, uh, that st- stuck with me for a while,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and and uh, that was uh, the way cause that I used to ha- do and perform was the main reason I come to the United States because I couldn't. It was t- it was ah. too much in the body. Because it was it was it was horrendous what I put myself through it. So um, not until later in my thirties, early thirties, then I started looking at food with the different eyes.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. what changed then compared to before? Was it that you were an athlete and you had to sort of uh, cut your weight because of the match, or and later yeah, but, that changed?
3: or?
2: Well, no. It's, you see, um, it's. I look at anything that I struggle with. My goal is I want to pass, go beyond that. I want right. to put it behind. I, it's like whether it's struggle with food, struggle with I see things. Um, all of that I look at it as my struggles. Even mm-hmm. if I struggle with somebody or a relationship, yeah, it's not it's my problem, you know. So um, that was just one of them. I didn't want to look at food. I didn't want to feel bad about food. I want to love what I eat. Yeah and i re- i thought how can I change the way I look at food? I want instead to eat because I have to yeah, I want to leave it because I love to mm-hmm. so um I started learning more about food and uh uh realized that hunger is not an um, is not my enemy uh, I, rather than just my body communicating with me um uh, accepting that I sometimes I'm hungry and I don't have to do anything about it. I don't have to panic. I'm just quietly accept the fact that that's just the state of the body and it's temporarily. And, and then, uh, I really love, I love to feel good and look good, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, if I don't look good and I don't feel good, that's another struggle. And I don't want to struggle, AJ. I just Mm -hmm. don't.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Food can and, be such an emotionally charged subject. It right? is,
2: but, and, but you see, Aj, I look at anything. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a it's a challenge, and yeah. my goal is I want to overcome that. Why do I want to live with something mm-hmm. that I have to wrestle and and that becomes my number one priority that I think about every day? Uh, I'm focusing. I'm trying to see, uh, analyze it, and try to overcome it. every single whatever that is. Whether it's a credit card debt, whether it's like. Uh, a body image that I struggle with, whether it's a relationship that is not going the right, it, why would I give mm-hmm. everything? Then all this take becomes priorities in my life. Right. And and, and I'll give them, as every single day, a certain amount of attention and time. And if, as time goes by, there goes a lot of resource in those struggles, and eventually you go away.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, I wanted to dig a bit deeper into this. I mean, like when you personally experience a major obstacle or challenge, um, what is your process of thinking through it? Are you doing some journaling? Are you setting aside time on your calendar? Are you just introspecting about it? Or like like how are you navigating through that? Because I think that's a lot. That perspective will be very useful for a lot of people right now who are listening to this podcast who are going through some challenge or the other. And sometimes just to understand how to think through it uh, can make. You know, the world of a difference.
2: A big difference. First of all, I have to take a deep breath. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, something, the first thing is acknowledging that that is a problem.
3: Mm.
2: Acknowledging. And uh, 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 once you acknowledge that there's a problem, that I say, okay, whatever that is, whether it's my food relationship with food, and I figure out okay, what's how do I How do I approach this?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What's the most efficient way? I'm looking at ways to approach it. And at uh, first I study it. I uh, like, why is this happening to me? Why do I look at it that way? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, I'm not saying spending too much time on why. Uh, but sometimes people think that thinking about the reason why will fix it. That's not going to fix it. You have to pass beyond that. So I, I understand why. And sometimes, if I don't understand why am I looking at something like food, and and I'm okay, okay, that's I'm not gonna just dwell. Try, okay, okay, understand. Maybe it's not coming to me right now. How am I gonna approach this? What are the step, The steps that I'm gonna whether it's a credit card debt, whether it's like a, finding a job right now, finding a partner. Even those steps, if those steps are something that whether I'm not comfortable taking them or. I'm not used to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it, it's, it's not. That's irrelevant because I, at this point, when I make a decision, when I see that as a problem, mm-hmm. there's regardless. It it doesn't matter how I feel about those steps anymore. Like I like like for example, if I'm overweight and I need to lose weight, yeah. and I say you got to wake up in the morning at five o'clock uh, and go for a run, most people will expect them to want to do that. Mm-hmm. So they they the right there is a failed expectation because you're not gonna want to do that nor you should care whether you like it or not. What? Mm-hmm. That's not the problem. The thing is, we're not talking about how you feel about the step. Mm-hmm. You just have to do it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And and so first of all, I acknowledge the problem, and then what are the steps? And the first step immediately, step, for example, on a credit card, I gotta stop spending. Yeah. Done. Stop spending money. Uh, well, then uh, first step on a, on a weight loss that you want to feel better. Okay. you me, the first next meal is, okay, I'm going to start eating better.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you're not going to feel like it, but that's relevant. So I, what I establish, I acknowledge it, set up a step system, and I start with the first step. What can I do right now? And I always, once I pass the first step, I go to the next step. What's the next step, and then the next step, and then all of a sudden you go a long way. Mm-hmm. I, and and resting when I start first, first I tell you a story. When I start wrestling, yeah, first thing I just I just learn one move, right? And I learn one move. Okay, so then I want to want to see if I can beat that guy, and I beat that guy, and then oh maybe I I want to be the best in those guys, right? then and so as I. St- Check Mark. Uh, check all those steps. The new one will come. And at one point, I wanted to be a world champion. You was just an. It was just an uh, next one. Uh, next one to come. That's. It's not. I never thought about world champion being a world champion. It was just next step that would. Whatever I was, the next one will be world champion. Right. And that's why I approach everything. Okay, what's the first step? I got this. And if I see that there's the first step. I do it, it doesn't lead me in the right direction. Yeah. I reassess, I go in the different direction. So, you know, but regardless how I feel about those steps, I'm going to take those steps. Mm.
1: Yeah, Just, I like this approach a lot that you shared because first you decide what needs to be solved or what challenge, right? Acknowledging that there's a problem that needs to be solved, which I think is a important thing to do. A lot of people avoid or you know, bypass that issue that needs resolving. So that first step is amazing. But what I also like is that you're not going straight away to taking action. You're not trying to solve the issue straight away. You're spending some time to observe.
2: Observe. So, so what's Exactly. What's happening? How? Why Why this? this why do we go? What's the strategy here? Yeah. You know, you're going to jump into it because most likely you're going to make a mistake.
1: Yeah. And also, apart from jumping straight into the problem, when you observe you're sort of noticing the emotions that might be coming through you when you just think about that problem in your life because all the problems tend to be very emotional. And if you're able to observe it without any judgment, without trying to solve the issue, sometimes a lot of the problem might be solved then and there. But then also I like that you take some form of action at that point. And this reminds me of what Tony Robbins often uh, shares, right? Like don't leave the sight of any goal setting without some form of small action because that'll build the momentum for you to solve the problem eventually.
2: Yeah, and it's good to take small actions because there's more chances of you actually accomplishing. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so once you retired as an athlete, um, you say that it was harder for someone like you to make good food choices and to stay fit than it was for a normal person who had never exercised before. So tell me about that.
2: Oh, AJ, you see, most people don't know uh, what athletes actually are going through after retirement. I was one of the yeah. – imagine, I started wrestling, I was six years old, six, seven. Sure. Okay, I got better, but like around 10. But Then by 10, by, by the time I was 10 years old, mm-hmm. I already had a schedule set for me. Right. Like schedule. Now, by the time I was 14, when I placed fourth in the world, uh, the world championships, then I have – more of us now. I, I have the teachers come and teach me in this private thing only, only for athletes. Then I, had, and as I the better the I got at my sport, the more people make this, made decisions for me. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So now I'm, I'm a 23 years old that I, everything was taught for me. Whether what do I eat? where, where do I stay? What do I wear? Or where do I go? And this is from January to December. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, AJ, you are on your own. Like I was like, I, "I don't know how to even make a phone call, like everything was done for me." Yep. It was very, very difficult. So that including food, you know, uh, being in a, a training camp, you have all this healthy food. Established for you and set, and I have my special table that I have very little food. And for me, food it was a way of escaping,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like uh, get, getting back to this establishment to my, whether it's the wrestling community, the, the my weight class, the, the road that I choose, the weight class, and all that stuff. So I used to eat a lot of junk food, a lot of ice creams, a lot of drinking. It was. It was very unhealthy. So coming back to it, like it's very difficult to kind of understand that there's all my choices. I need to make those choices for myself.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It was a very tough journey.
1: So it seems like uh, the journey that a, a soldier goes through when they come out of the army, right? Yeah. yeah. Because before it's all about structure, regimen, wake up at a certain time, have certain food, meat. So it seems like the discipline was from out towards in the system Absolutely. designed yes. your discipline. Whereas when you came out of it, you had to find a way to build that inner discipline from inside rather than from outside.
2: Yeah. It's, it was a very, I mean, it was like I said, baby step it was a fascinating world, you know, because I, I, I got out of the uh, Olympic center, Ryan right a plane and Ryan right in uh, LA. Yeah. And, that was my first interaction with the civilian world yeah with a non athletes community not the athlete community and um it was fascinating and i <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know that people cannot do pushups you know I didn't right. think that you know I didn't think that uh, more most of my friends were fit athletes some sort of um, that was very interesting and 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 another thing that I saw the the the, how the people' food choices were.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You see, grow, see, growing up in, a, in an Olympic center, AJ, um, especially having to lose all that weight over and over again, I re, i was bec- and growing up with my controlling mother, I realized that everything that I do will affect me. Mm-hmm. Every single everything, like for example, I, if I eat, if I took a bite off of this apple. I know how it's gonna affect me the next day at the weigh-in when the doctor's gonna weigh us in every morning. So I knew I was aware of everything. Whether I sleep, whether I take a bite of an apple, whether I leave. At one point, everything that I did, I knew what's gonna, what are the effect of that. So I was not only aware of what I'm doing, but also the three steps ahead. Well, how is that going to affect me the next day? Yeah. And I really, and one thing that I was realized, people here do not think and live like that. They, they, they don't think about the consequences of their action. And I, I just, I was just very surprised to see that people just, just make decision and choices without thinking how that those choices are going to affect them. Right. I, and I still, I still have a, I struggle with that. Uh, understanding how can somebody make a choice, whether a choice of food and uh, a choice of um, activity or hobby, mm-hmm. without caring about how is that going to affect them tomorrow, how are the consequences? It's fascinating.
1: Mm. And so these days, um, how do you personally physically challenge yourself and keep yourself alert and sharp? Because you know, from time to time, I see you know your 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 workouts, and you've got these creative workouts that you do. But for someone who's you know hearing of you from the first time, how do you keep yourself alert and and energized, so to speak, on a daily basis?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, sleep is very important to me. Mm-hmm. So I uh, my schedule, like sleep schedule, is uh, is like my daughter's. You know. If I wake up if I have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning, I I need seven hours of sleep. So I, if I leave I if I sleep by ten, that's seven hours. If I wake up at four I have to get to go to bed by nine. And that's uh without even uh, it's it's without uh, there's no question about that. Mm-hmm. I will follow that. I will follow exceptions to the rule, but very few. unless again if the wake up time is later, I can stay later and stay up later. So that's very important. Sleep is very important. I really take that very seriously. Re- recovery,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, yes, that's uh, what happened. You see, AJ and uh, most people, they whether people come to the gym and uh, they don't really realize how important it is that recovery. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's no doubt that whether you and I. And people that they come to the gym and train with me, they don't. there's no doubt that these people want to give everything they got.
3: Uh-huh.
2: I know you're here to give you best. and But one thing I know, they're not having insight where they taking a break. Where is the lows? Because everything has highs and lows. They're not hitting the lows and the highs are getting lower. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So what happened with exercise and with everything, if you don't hit the lows your highs are getting lower because you're running out of resources so then you might think you're going 100 miles an hour and you are so performing and so productive but in fact you're going 60 but there's no way you can understand and see that because you always you giving your best right but but your best is going down so uh, your performance your results mm-hmm. so the uh, the more i The higher, the lower you hit those lows, the always the performance will stay out there. So uh, rest is very important.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, interesting. I'm trying to get better and better quality sleep. That's one of my areas of improvement. And one thing I do is I put a tape on my mouth. I'm not sure if you do it or you've heard about it, but that really, uh, you know, uh, enhances the quality of my sleep because it encourages me to sleep, you know breathe in and out through my nose at night and it allows me to you know uh be more in a parasympathetic state so really relaxed but also get the benefit of the nitric oxide uh when I'm sleeping uh because I've got a deviated septum so that sometimes triggers mouth breathing but that's really helped me uh you know
2: that, uh, it's great I never heard that I put uh, there's a nasal strip that I put. Oh you do that okay so what happened? It pulls my nose uh, and increases my pathway. Interesting. Uh, so uh, that I can, because I sleep through my nose, I can't sleep through. I can breathe. I breathe breathe through my nose, not through my mouth. Okay. So I I feel always I need to have a clear nose, and the more air I can take in, I realize the the better I sleep.
1: No, that's great. Thanks a lot for sharing and. Um, one of the other things you've, you've mentioned is that um, if we don't regularly work on our bodies, where our courage, strength, and skills live, we might talk a big game, but subconsciously, we don't really expect or believe that we can accomplish our goals. So tell me more about this. How is, are the two things connected? Because many of our listeners are visionaries, creatives who have got big goals, visions for themselves that they'd like to manifest or bring to life. So how are the two connected?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, your body—it's—it's it's your temple. There's a reason for that. I mean, like, imagine um, fear, doubt—it's all in your head. It's yeah. all the voices. They don't live in your body. Yeah. But the more you get familiar with your body, the more care take care of your body, uh, you will give you more. I mean, uh, you see your brain always—it's gonna. It's gonna Has a lot as you grow older, yeah. You have all this time, or as the years go by, your brain collects a lot of data in terms of uh, the things that you're not good at. Uh, there will they will tear tear you apart, yeah. So, and you have to stay ahead of your head, and uh, by working with your body, by developing that relationship with your body, that you trust your body. Uh, you believe in your body uh, you 've doing things with your body that uh, you most people don 't or that you haven 't done before mm-hmm. what i 've been doing, and you know that your lifestyle is definitely uh, much elevated and more active than rest. I mean they give you that confidence. Mm-hmm. so um, at the end of the day, when you 're under the pressure when things are happening fast. You either find refuge in your head or in your body. The more uh, the more time, whatever you spend the most time with, that's exactly where you're going. If you spend mm. your time with you in your head, you're going to go right there. Yeah. If you spend some, if you stay more body, in your body with your courage, faith, everything lives, your heart is, that's exactly where you're going.
1: So it allows you to be more grounded and more centered. More grounded, centered.
2: You agree yeah, it's, it's. I mean, you don't, there's no way that when you go in a room, mm-hmm. let's assume you go in a room yep. where where pretty much everybody has the same status. Nobody. Yep. Obviously, if you go in a room and you know that the guy next to you makes the five times the money that you make, there's all over you have an inferiority complex. I mm-hmm. mean, you don't have to, maybe you don't even realize, but this, you know that guy's, and that chapter is better than you. Yeah. Uh, so then, but if you go in a room, if you, in that situation, or you go in a room with people that have the same status, the only people, thing that will differentiate you from the rest of the people is what are you doing with your body? Mm. What are you doing with your body? What do you do? What kind of life are you living? All do you right. live a life full of... Uh, excitement, or what kind of life? Who are you? What? What do you do with your time? What do you do with your life? You know, uh, and that's what's gonna set you apart. That's gonna give you that confidence to so step up and and look people in the eyes and maybe t- take the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if if you're in a room and you got nothing to show for, if you know you're very sedentary, you're not you're not in love with your body. Uh, Aj, you gotta be in love with your body, man. I mean, like, yeah. imagine that we all want our people to uh, to look at us, to love us, to care for us, but we're not doing that for ourselves. Uh, how how hypocritical that is! You true. want everybody else, we want <laughs> everybody else to take care of you, to look at you, to love you, but you're not doing that. What do you think is gonna happen?
1: Right, that's actually a great like, moment of truth. Right, it's like you want people to, you know. Respect you and you know give that aha when they look at you. But if you don't love your
3: own but, self, but
2: you're not you're not interested in yourself. Yeah. Like I told somebody, I told somebody, I want to go home right now. Yeah, and I want you to dress, get dressed, and all of the listeners. Yeah, and I and while you are doing this, I, I, I trying to understand how you feel. Yeah, but I want you one night, take one night when you by yourself. Mm. Obviously, with somebody else, that's a different story. But by yourself, I want you to take yourself out. Mm-hmm. But not out to a restaurant. I want you to have a date with yourself. Well, you actually are going to cook um, your favorite meal. Yeah. You put your favorite clothes and have a date with yourself. Yeah. And set set at the table with a, like as if somebody else will do this for you. Right. And have that date with yourself and ex, and be enjoy your company, mm. your own company. But but so but you not. 99.9% of people would not do that they think that's stupid silly yeah they will not do that for themselves but yet they expect other people to put time cook yeah. get dressed all right And happening
1: that's so true you know And you know in myself before i do these interviews i already always put uh, some perf- uh, cologne or perfume I know I'm not meeting somebody in per, in person, but I just feel different, right? I feel more confident. I feel good about myself, and I know that I'm going to show up in a different way when I do my affirmations, when I do my visualization, you know. And sometimes, especially when I started my podcast, I used to I used to feel intimidated with my guests a lot because I'm interviewing like these top authors, right? Big performers, and right? leaders and stuff like that. And I was like, who am I? But then I started doing my affirmations and visualizations and visualizing that I'm not the one who's asking the question, but the universe is working through me. So it took off the pressure a little bit from me. And I think that helped. So yeah. these small things make a no, difference. And I love the suggestion no. that you gave is date yourself, you, you,
2: right? You got you to gotta take yeah. yourself out for, take not take yourself out cause it's easy to go out and then, uh, yeah. but you have to be present. You have to, right listen to your breath and enjoy and think of, look, think good thoughts about you. Mm. Like how wonderful, how well, how nice, your, what a nice dinner you cook for yourself. What a nice pants you're wearing. How, how, how nice, you, how good you smell. I mean, all that fucking, you gotta do all that yeah. as if you are in a date with yourself. And yeah. if you can't do that, do not expect somebody else to do it because it's not gonna happen. It's not going to happen. So don't call it silly, but you have to, AJ, you have to put something. In. If yourself is as important as anybody else, but you have to put time, effort, love, comp- everything in you. Mm-hmm. And not chopping doesn't do. You have to put time, like spend time, skill, cut vegetables. I don't care. Wash your clothes, but I don't care. You do something for yourself. He, not money. Money is not the same. You have to have to actually put time and effort. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Uh, AJ, it's tricky. I I I coach so many people, and I what what I have them do, they look at me like. But it makes sense. Everything makes sense. And when I explain the way I do here, right? And I tell them this to you what do you expect, and um, then all of a sudden they you can you cannot do that. So it's like the, the treat yourself in the real way, the way. You want others to treat you. So, which means cook yourself a meal. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Love that. Love that recommendation. And I'm sure with all that's happening around the world and dining is getting closed, you might have to cook for yourself (laughs) at your own home. But it's a great idea. You know, candlelight, clean your house, switch on the essential oils, right? Bring stuff home. Absolutely. I love that. So, Action Tribe, make sure that you try this out. Set a date for yourself, by yourself. Enjoy the company of yourself. Now, Leo, when it comes to achieving your goals, what role does visualization play for you? Do, you? do you do a lot of visualization of your goal? Feel as if you're already there, sense it, know it, and then then you find that you know you've manifested that goal. How how's your thought process like?
2: Is it's that's a hundred percent accurate. But don't let that fool you, because there's two types of the things. I I felt yeah. when I won uh, every world and gold medal, the world championship, and gold medal that I won. I felt that was mine. Right? Okay. As was if I knew it. It's mine. I got it. I just it's just a matter of time to get there. It's a it's a feeling like it you can't explain. You know, it's right. it's just it's you feel it right here. Again, not here. It's here. Yeah. Uh, so and and but sometimes you know. Uh, especially lately when, and and um, with career path with future as you get older sometimes uh, you know things get tricky and yeah and you don't really see it in whether and uh, again actively trying to look for it you know yeah um, again you just don't expect to just pop on your lap but just act i act, so sometimes you don't see it you just don't see it yeah that but don't let that get discouraged you so you start going take some, um, initiative. Like, uh, for example, you want to, you know, are bored, you know, pick a guitar, see, maybe you like to play guitar, maybe you like to learn. You're not, you, you're not going to know until you do it. Right. Some things. So, um, yes, vi- visualization is great. And, and it's almost, you feel it rather than see it, you know, because first you feel it in your heart and then it's kind of project and you kind of, but it's a feeling and I feel it. This is right. Yeah. It's going to happen. Um, Uh, but sometimes if you don't feel anything and you get antsy you start doing stuff start doing stuff love that love that
1: and so you know you've alluded to this also but you work with elite athletes champions right and people that have a high expectation of themselves what sets them apart how do they approach their practice or their work differently compared to the rest
2: yeah well they 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 have a goal it's they it's I love working with athletes because it's, I put them. It's, it's a lot of pressure between their performance and their goals mm-hmm. because they come and say, "I want to do this, I want to accomplish this." And trust me, everybody's got a big goals. Yeah. So, and I hold uh, I hold their goal as a threshold and and push them against that, mm-hmm. and they have to perform because they, without realizing this, the higher the goal you were set for yourself, the better the performance you got to. Put up. So most yeah. people they just throw things away. I want to lose thirty pounds. I want to do this. I want to realize what what that goal requires of you. Mm-hmm. So when the athletes come and and with those crazy goals or just goals, then I use that as a as a mirror, and I push him closer to closer to that mirror. And sometimes some people they can't stand they they break i mean they i wish i could do that with all the clients but uh no nah, i can't it's just it's it's a very powerful tool
1: interesting i love that you mentioned that first the person needs to have a goal the larger the goal the more the work that needs to be done you know mindset yeah. as well as the actual steps that need to be taken yeah. and uh sometimes people break but, uh, but
2: aj you know when i say something you say something mind steps yeah. mine and then versus the steps that need to be taken right you guys they they, they people need to understand nothing is really um and this is very just bad this, nothing is really hard you know like the, the whatever you the goal demands of you you're not mm-hmm. willing to give mm-hmm. you're just not willing to give mm-hmm. it's not that the goal is hard you're just not willing to give that So when you set a goal, just give. Give to that goal. Whatever that goal requires of you, just give it. Mm. And that's how it works. If you resist, the reason you're not moving forward is because you resist. You're Mm. not giving. Mm. It's all about giving. You see what I'm saying? So it's like uh, 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 give part of your – Go a part of yourself. That's what you give. You give yourself. You give that part. Let it go. Like I said, people are so nice to their fat, you know, but you got to be very, you don't need, fat is not your friend. So don't be so gentle. Don't be so nice. Okay. I'm not saying to say mean things about it, but let it go. Yeah. You're holding on. You like it. Let it go. Don't hold it. Let it go. We'll go away. Trust
3: me.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I mean, it feels as if uh, when you set a goal and you're really serious about it, the goal takes uh, a life of its own, and it requires things from you. And sometimes from that you. could be, you know, fat. Sometimes that could be could, sacrifices, could be, right? Could be waking up early. Waking be, up early, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Could be eating less. Could be eating better. Could be could be a lot of things. Yeah, you just have to give. Yeah, it's it's fa- it's it's fascinating it's fascinating it's it's uh my gym is like a lab i mean it's so much behavior but it all comes down to just folks you know um we've always feel um a certain way mm-hmm. and it always likes to get involved with our feelings you know, but most times we kind of mix up that you know you, there's times when you uh listen to your feelings and acknowledge your feelings. Uh, and entertain your feelings, but there's times when your feelings then don't really matter.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: so your feelings. I mean, if you have a goal and you, and you want to wake up in the morning uh, to run or to eat better, oh, I don't feel. You see, I don't feel like who cares how you feel. Yeah. Don't be so involved in your feelings so much. Yeah. Just get up. Don't think. Don't dwell on how you feel. You're gonna feel it anyways. Just get to your things. Yeah, That's, the, the feelings gonna stay with you but it's going to leave but just just always pay attention and invest time and, and effort in the feelings that you want to keep around
1: yeah that's very true because the feelings are going to be there anywhere right either you're going to feel right now and you don't do what you said you would do or you do what you said you would do maybe that's waking up in the morning or not having that cookie but then once you do exactly what you said you would do you feel but you feel better about yourself. Yeah,
2: it's yeah, it's just the exercise. It, yeah. Like, oh my god, I'm going to wake up at five. You're going to get out a little anxiety, a little. Oh, uh, oh my god, what do we? Oh my god, oh my god, just take a deep breath. Yeah. And just it, it, don't entertain it, mm. don't, and don't entertain. Oh my god, okay, take a deep breath. Read a book. It's going to, the the voice is going to leave you alone at some point. Don't just start communicating back and forth because the voice is not you, by the way. It's just a voice.
1: Love that. We've got Coach Leo who is, you know, sort of motivating all of us, especially people listening to this episode right now. Think about what is that goal uh, you have for this year or for the rest of this year. And, uh, you know, just pick, pick, pick uh, the goal. And based on what we've shared so far, Make sure that you take just one step towards your new life, your new direction. Uh, and Leo, you've hosted, you've you've organized an amazing retreat called Breakthrough Twenty Twenty One that is coming up next month, right? Yeah. So yeah, tell us be, a bit uh, about this.
2: It's it's going to be amazing. May thirteen, fifteen in Carlsbad, California. Come join us for three days of world champions, Olympians, world uh, class uh, coaches, and wellness experts, it's a phenomenon I got the best in the industry under one roof you know I, 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 I live in Olympic centers and camps and I live with all those fellow athletes and uh, professional coaches and trainers and this, this, uh, that's powerful man, you get all these guys that want, uh, you leave that, that's going to change your life You know, the, the events like this can change your life, but again you got to stop listening to your script and get over your shit and uh, do something extraordinary people live extraordinary lives you gotta um, you gotta do something different mm. stop listening to those lies oh I don't have time I don't have money I don't have you know what let somebody else life is, is 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 meant to be lived if you see something that's holding you back do something that you haven't done before get out of your comfort zone do something take a chance you might meet some new people you might actually experience in life
1: so Breakthrough 2021, we'll have the link up in the show notes, but it promises to be an amazing event, 13th to amazing. 15th May. Yeah. I'm also going to be performing, so I'm going to be hosting and conducting a breathwork awakening journey, and I wish I could be oh. coming in person, but unfortunately, I'm awaiting my Canadian citizenship, and so in the meantime, I'm, <laughs> I'm not able to travel, and especially because of this whole corona thing that's happening, it's restricted travel hey, Jay, for sure.
2: we, can, we- We're gonna make it the way that you're gonna look like you are actually there. Yes, exactly. I'm so excited for that uh, that class, AJ. I am gonna be part of the audience. You know, I'm not gonna miss that
1: opportunity. For sure. I've designed a shamanic journey so that, right, we have our intentions, we have what we are visualizing, and we go into a deep state where we are able to connect with our higher self. We are also able to let go of any emotion stuck blockages and uh, energies that are no longer serving us so that once we awaken, we feel refreshed, we feel reborn. Oh my God. So looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll have the link up in the show notes. So especially for people who are in the USA, in California, you gotta make this event because it promises to be amazing. So Leo, what is that one legacy that uh, you hope to live in this world.
2: Uh, I want to. If it was, if I, it's, if it's my wish, I want to. I want to be the example of how how you should live your life. Like this is how you live. Mm-hmm. Let's see, I live and life a a life worth living. It is not always filled with uh, with only with successes and winnings and gain. Uh, it's both embrace them both and i i i I hoped and wished to set an example for my daughters first of all and for the people that i work with and just you know live your life don't waste don't wait wonderful
1: i know for a fact that you set an amazing example for your daughters as a father and uh i love watching your you know your feed on, on on instagram Really Thank you so much. Really endearing and you know, I look forward to being a father like you. When the time comes. God well, Action Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's session so far. What we're finding out is that each one of us is going through some or the other challenges or obstacles in our life. And because we have these challenges in our lives, sometimes we need to rebuild ourselves from the ground up and, and challenge that inner warrior that I know is deep down within you. And this doesn't mean running a marathon or working for working out for three to four hours each day. It could just mean deciding that you'd like to make a change in your life. and Take just one step in that direction. Because that one action, that one step can build the momentum to transform your entire life. Because as Robin Sharma, the author, motivational speaker once put, discipline is built by consistently performing small acts of courage. So think about yeah. what is that one small act of courage that you're going to do today? And it could be as simple as loving yourself expressing self-love for yourself, for your body, for your mind, for your heart, and the people in your life. So, Leo, we have come to the last round for today. Four questions, rapid-fire round style, so that our listeners can take note and take action. What is the best piece of advice that you have received? Um,
2: It's going to go. It's just, Everything is temporarily.
1: And if you could turn back time, spend one hour with someone living or dead, who would it be? Um, my first coach. Yeah. What is that one thing you do in the morning or maybe in the evening that has improved the quality of your life?
2: Cold water when I wake up in the morning, I drink a big glass of water, both,
1: religiously. And, and what is that one book you'd like to recommend for our listeners um, tonight?
2: Uh. I this I'm into both uh, uh, novels and uh, some. Read Shanta Ram. Shanta Ram. It's an Indian uh, novel. Uh, I think, but based on a true story, actually, if I'm correct. One of the best books I've read since uh, we're here with you, uh, Aj.
1: Amazing action tribe. Would you like to receive this book, Shanta Ram, for free? Because you can audible.com is offering all of our listeners one free audible download with a free 30 day trial so that you can get to not only listen to this book, but to check out their other books as well. They've got a huge library online and you can fit these books because they are downloads on your phone. You can have hundreds of books and listen to a book whenever you are in transit in the park or somewhere else, because listening is the new reading. And this is free. So go to my 7 forward slash free book, my 7 forward slash free book and download Shantaram because it's a very popular book. I haven't read it myself, but I've heard it recommended numerous times in the past. So Leo, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and how can we find you online?
2: Uh, thank you for so. First of all, thank you for having me, Jay. Great content. I love your stories. I love your products and your, your uh, podcast. You're doing a great job, and your listeners are very uh, lucky to have you. Thank you. Um, uh, well, I'm grateful for my daughters. I'm grateful for am I'm, I'm grateful for everything that I have in my life right now. My friends, my family, everything else. I'm a blessed man. And everybody can find me. You can go to uh, com. I got a blog. I got all kinds of stuff, freebies, a lot of good stuff. And uh, look me up on Instagram at Leofrinku, at LeoLeofrincu.
1: Awesome. We'll have all those links up in the show notes. Action Tribe, if you enjoyed this episode, if you loved this episode, if you found something new in this episode, then do one thing. Take a screenshot of this episode and tag both me and Leo on Instagram. My handle is at my7chakras and Leo's handle you can just search for him Leo Frinko and you'll find his handle. But tag both of us uh, so that we can share your story with our communities because that's how we connect. Apart from that, if you I uh, would like to reach out for feedback, comments, observations, or if you'd like a breathwork session with me or with our group, then make sure that you email me aj at mysevenchakras.com. AJ mysevenchakras.com. It really makes me happy to connect with our listeners, it really makes my day. So whether it's writing an iTunes review or joining me in one of my future breathwork sessions, let's become a community. Instead of just being me speaking and you listening, let's really connect and grow together. Leo, thank you so much for joining us on this episode, talking to us about important topics like uh, discipline and courage and resilience and not giving up and being vulnerable and sharing your story and taking us one step closer to a human revolution.
2: Thank you so much, AJ. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to My 7 childhoods. At my7chakras.com that is my s-e-v-e-n chakras.com